Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. First pitch is hit in the air, left center field. Well struck to the wall, and this will bounce up and off and back in for hit number 1,000 in the career of Tim Anderson. We're back. Live with more Gabe Ramirez on 670 The Score. Top of the hour here in Chicago. It is Gabe Ramirez on 670 The Score, broadcasting live from the Score Hyundai Studios, brought to you by your local Hyundai dealers. And we do get to talk a little bit of White Sox baseball for the next few minutes with our next guest joining us right now on the Circa Resort and Casino Hotline, Circa Resort and Casino in Las Vegas, home of the world's largest sports book. And, of course, he is the official Chicago White Sox color analyst, Steve Stone. Steve, thanks for hanging out with me today. appreciate it. How are you doing, Gabe? Oh, I'm as good as I can be. And I don't know if you heard me before the break, Steve. I said we're doing a positive 15 minutes, 10, 15 minutes on the White Sox. No negativity here. I'm not taking things in a different direction. I'm tired of that. I need some 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 smiles and butterflies and clouds in my life. And, and, and I want to take this approach and, and, and talk about – because uh, I feel like I found myself in better spirits over the last few weeks, Steve, just on what's happened uh, for the Chicago White Sox, happy about uh, the direction that they're headed in. It, have you found yourself in better spirits when assessing the future of the Chicago White Sox lately? Well, look, when you're going through it on a daily basis and you're calling nine innings or nine innings plus, whatever it is, <laughs> you have to try to stay as positive as possible, but you also have to be realistic. And I think Jerry said it right when he, he used just about Every description for this year, it's disgusting, it was horrible, it was awful, it was the worst, it was, you know, all of the things that he said. And he was very accurate in saying that because this year is particularly disappointing because the division was up for grabs. It looked like in spring training, not only uh, not only in my predictions, but in a lot of baseball analysts and a lot of baseball aficionados, they felt the Sox were going to win the division simply because they had the most talent. And the dominoes started to fall when Liam Hendricks went down because very few teams can survive their number one closer and one of the best closers in baseball. They can't survive the loss of him. And in our case, it made everybody in the bullpen slot up. Lopez got the first shot at being a closer. He couldn't do it at that point, And everything kind of snowballed from there. And then you had the injuries that every team has. You know, Crochet losing a left-hander was not great. And there's a lot of other things that happen. But, look, teams go through that. You have to rise above that. The Sox were not able to do that. And we have seen something when you talk about something being positive. And, again, this doesn't happen very often, but almost without exception, when the Sox play a clean game, they're either going to be in that game to the end or they're going to win that game. Unfortunately, they haven't played quite as many clean games as we would like. But yesterday was one of those days where the Sox played a good game. They didn't hit as much as they wanted to. They started off well. And then Scooble was just too tough after that. But uh, as far as feeling better about it, I love the game of baseball. Coming to the park every day, it's a new day. You try not to carry over from yesterday. And so um, we'll just have to see how it plays out. But Chris Getz has 
said that he is a different guy, that what he did under a couple of different bosses is not going to be what he's going to do as the boss. And for that, I feel positive, and I think a lot of people around here do feel positive about some of the changes that have been made now and changes that are going to be made because they're in a review process. Each and every day, everybody's evaluating what this team looks like and where everybody's place is for next year, and I expect there's going to be more changes. Why do you think, Steve, people are just – I mean, I know what the easy answer is. It's that Chris Getz was in the organization – um, so somebody wanted some, something different. But, I mean, Jerry's reasoning and, and, and his, his, what he said, why he wanted Chris Getz there, he didn't want someone to come in and reevaluate it. He wanted someone that was familiar with the, with the, with the squad. I think that's the, the right answer as well. Uh, what, what did you think when you heard that Chris Getz was getting that opportunity? Well, first of all, I like him very much. Uh, I think he's a really smart guy, and I think that, Seven years in an organization is certainly enough to know just exactly what everybody can do and, more importantly, what everybody can't do. And so when you're working for someone else and you're trying to carry out their vision, I don't care how good you are, you can't do what you want to do. You have to do what the vision of your bosses want you to do. And I think that's the situation that Chris has found himself in. So. He knows what it's like to be with a winning organization when he was with the Royals. And this team came a game from winning the World Series, and next year they won the World Series. And so that gives you an idea about how you want to build things. And I think that's, that's what we're in the process of. But right now, it's going to be a top-to-bottom evaluation of every aspect of this organization, from the analytics department and probably adding to that, uh, to player development and scouting, because player development and scouting have to work hand-in-hand. Because when you scout a guy and eventually you sign him, you did that for a reason. You turn it over to your player development people, and you have to understand why this guy was drafted or signed in the first place and see if you can develop him that way. Try that first, and if that doesn't work, then you try something else. But I think Chris is going to be fine, and I look forward to, uh, to what's going to happen, certainly when this season ends. Steve, we've all been there before, all of us that have real jobs. You have an idea, and you might not be able to execute it because your boss is like, no. And then when it goes wrong, you say to yourself, told you, you probably should have listened to me. And that's the position Chris Getz finds himself in. I love that you said that. I love that you said he had to, 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 to play out what his bosses were thinking, and now he gets the opportunity uh, to, to do what he thinks is going to be right in that situation. Now, Steve, you've been watching this team, and Chris Getz obviously has his hands full as to what he's going to be doing next year. But, but what do you think needs to be added realistically uh, to this team to have the White Sox competitive in 2024. Oh, I think if you uh, I think if you added Ronald Acuna, <laughs> Joey Otani, you uh, if if you can if you can dig up a few starting pitchers maybe from the top of the line guys that would be good. But that being said, they're not going to come here. They're not here now. And so, what Chris has got to do, and he's going to make this decision. I mean, look, I don't think it's any secret. We want to get more consequential left hand hitting because our lineup usually usually isn't all that balanced. And, you know, you can look at Houston and say, well, they've got two primary left-hand hitters. Yes, but their two primary left-hand hitters, Tucker and Alvarez, are killers. They hit everybody, and they help balance out their lineup. They also have some really good homegrown talent, and I think that's one of the keys. When you look around at the teams that are successful, whether it's the Atlanta Braves, whether it's the Tampa Bay Rays, uh, whether it's Los Angeles Dodgers, they have – 
a great deal of homegrown players who happen to grow into stars. Number one, it's cheaper if you can develop them. And number two, you get guys uh, that are acquainted with your organization so that when they come up to the major leagues, they already know how to play. In this case, it'll be White Sox baseball. But that idea of developing from within, I think that has to happen. And there's two things, and this is no mystery either. Uh, As you're looking to balance your lineup with more consequential left-handers, you have to find some guys who can hit for power because – we're out-homered at home. When you're out-homered at home, most likely you're going to be under 500 at home. And if that's the case, you're not going to win the division. And so if we had a different ballpark, if we had a ballpark where it was very difficult to hit the ball out of, you wouldn't worry about being out-homered. We don't have one of those. We have a ballpark that is a home-run park. We have to make this roster accordingly. And I'm not sure where the power is coming from, but they're going to have to find it somewhere. Definitely would love to see that. It's unfortunate that Gavin couldn't have been that guy. I was a big fan of his, and I still think you know he, he can play at a high level. It's just you, you see some guys. Like I remember last year, Steve, and watching Oakland play. You know, before they got rid of some of their power lefty bats, and I'm just like, why can't the White Sox have someone like that consistently? And then you know, you thought it would have been a, a Gavin Sheets that could have been that for you, but it's just unfortunate that that what's happened so far. Um, but but you mentioned the young guys. You mentioned the farm system. You mentioned you know developing players so that that way it is cheaper and you can contribute to a roster that's constructed to win in the present. Um, but of all the young guys that are out there, who, who, who intrigues you the most or who are some names that intrigue you that maybe could potentially be those people? Well, I think the guys who will be intriguing are some of the guys who are not here yet. Mm. I think there's a few of those guys and Colson Montgomery comes to mind because he's most likely going to be the shortstop of the future for the Sox. I mean, he's a tall kid, a wonderful athlete, understands a whole lot about the game. And, you know, when you can, hit the ball out of the ballpark on occasion and hit from both sides. And uh, I think play the kind of shortstop that he plays. That's a very valuable asset. So he's rated very high in the, in the top prospect 100. And as far as the Sox are concerned, he's the number one guy. They have a few other guys that are down there. Uh, We'll have to see how these trades work out because we get a lot of young guys back in the trades that you can't really tell at this point how they're going to do, but we'll see what happens. Uh, The young man that we acquired, uh, in the burger deal apparently has started off and he's getting hit awfully hard, but we'll see if that's a, I don't think that's necessarily a reflection on his abilities. I think the ERA was up around 12 or something along those lines. That's not particularly good, but again, he's stepping into a new spot and hopefully he'll get the experience and we'll get a look at him in spring training. We'll, we'll more easily able to evaluate some of the young guys uh, when we see him in spring training. And that's what I'm looking forward to. Sonny, let me ask you this uh, before I let you go. You ever thought about uh, making your way up to the front office, you know, over the course of your career, being a GM or taking on one of those kind of roles? Well, yeah, I thought about it quite a bit. But, you know, I guess being a seafaring man, uh, I would tell you that that ship has sailed. (laughs) Okay. Uh, Also, it's a very young man's business. I mean, and I said to Chris, uh, he came up, we interviewed him in the booth, and I said, well, I hope you've had enough sleep in your 40 years because you're not going to be getting all that much going forward because it is an everyday job, 365 days a year. You have that phone pretty much attached to your ear, and you have to know just about everything that's going on every day with everybody. It is a a labor-intensive job, and there was a time, yes, that I aspired to do that. And there's been some times where I've tried four times to buy baseball teams, got close a couple of times. That didn't didn't work out. But – you know, at this point, uh, I am content to do what I do because, again, I'm, I get to stay very close to this game. I get to see Major League Baseball every day. I just love the game. I think it's infinitely complex. I think most fans 
understand the game, but there's so many layers that the aficionado of the game who can delve in can really understand what's going on because it's like, it's like a game of chess. Once you, once you understand how the pieces move, it appears to be a very simplistic game. Then when you get into it at the grandmaster level, you realize that every move, even, even a one square move of a pawn, is just so consequential to the end of that game. And in chess, it's all played over domination of the four squares in the middle, despite the fact you have 64 squares. And if you can control those four squares in the middle, you get to win. Baseball is very similar. You control being able to field. You're not going to hit every day, but you should be able to field and you should be able to hustle. And I think, and I truly believe this, or I wouldn't say it, we're going to see a different, uh, different type of baseball team next year. We're going to see a different type of manager, I believe, next year. And uh, I personally look forward to it. Well, I'm glad that uh, we get to hear your analysis during that time because it is a beautiful chess game, and we love hearing you call it, me specifically as a Sox fan. Steve, I appreciate you hanging out with me on Monday. Enjoy your Labor Day, all right? Well, happy Labor Day, and let's see if the Sox can uh, take care of these dastardly Royals here in Kansas City. <laughs> let's hope so. Steve Stone hanging out with us here on 670 The Score. Of course, uh, you can catch him on the game today versus the Kansas City Royals. Great stuff right there. I didn't know he tried to buy a couple teams. Steve Stone got big money. You, I, know you're, I know you're part of a partnership group, but that's pretty awesome. But I always wondered that, you know? Because, like, you say Hawk. He was, a, he was a GM at one point, you know? And Steve Stone, I mean, geez. He's just a, an almanac of knowledge. I would have loved to see him be a manager, how the players would work. Because he's, yeah. he's so knowledgeable. Or like, so like knowledgeable, but, but, but stern and fair, right? He's not... He's not an a-hole, Stern. It's like Stern, like, no, this is what this is. This is how this goes. This is this is the game of baseball. Very and much he respects so. it and he loves it. And you know, you would it'd be it would have been interesting to see Steve Stone as a general manager of a baseball team. But as he mentioned, it is a labor of love. That is a 365 day a year, 24. Like your phone's constantly ringing. You do have to know the ins and outs of every person, player. You know, be attached to every facet of the game. It's it's tough stuff right there. So. Um, would have been interesting, but again, selfishly, I'm glad he's the uh, 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 color analyst of the Chicago White Sox. All right, I am Gabe Ramirez, and we're going to talk about Chicago's other team, the Chicago Bears. How do they look leading into their uh, week one matchup versus the Green Bay Packers? We're talking some Bears football next right here on 670 The Score. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. 
I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Matt's been outstanding and his ability to develop players and, and push his staff um, to develop human beings uh, and really pour into the players as people. Um, he's a coach. He's the teacher. The whole staff is. So, you know, when players come in, it's our job to find talent that is primed, you know, to improve and help our football team. And then we hand that over and the coaches pour into them. So I got a lot of confidence in, in Flus and, and his staff to develop the players. We're back live with more Gabe Ramirez on 670 The Score. Happy Monday, everybody. Hopefully you guys are enjoying your Labor Day. It is Gabe Ramirez filling in for Bernstein Holmes and occasionally Rahimi. Feels like that song A-E-I-O-U and sometimes Y. I know you're too young for that, Tyler. Um, but that's how I feel every time I have to throw in Layla Rahimi, Rahimi's name. It should just be Bernstein Holmes Rahimi. We know what it is. These guys are there. And they're going to be talking Bears football all week, because that's what we got. Sunday, Bears, Packers. You know what I'm going to do? I'm opening up the lines right now. Tyler, we got Baby T in the building. He's producing the show today. I want to leave the lines open because I want you to be able to call in with your Bears thoughts. Like, I want to know what your concerns are. What are, you, what, what are you concerned about when it comes to these Chicago Bears? You heard Ryan Poles right there just praise Coach Eberflus and what he's done with the men in the building, how he's led the team. Seems as though they're working hand-in-hand. That's great. But I wonder what Ryan Poles' concerns are. Because there are things that you can look at when you're talking about, let's, let's, be, let's be very real. Like, from a fan's perspective, it's either, right, it's either Super Bowl or bust. From a fan's perspective, that's what it is. And so, it, before the season starts, you feel good about the Bears. You feel good about the team. Everyone does. No one has a loss yet. And then when the losses pile up, then that's when you can really reevaluate your team as a fan and say, you know, what the expectations are. But when you're looking at this team, you can be excited about Justin Fields, but you can be concerned about Justin Fields. You can be excited about Darno right on the offensive line, but you can still be concerned about the offensive line. You could be ecstatic about the newest additions on defense, but you can still say to yourself, like Steve Rosenblum did before I left the show or before I got on the show, He's still concerned about the defense and what it can be. So, again, I'm curious, what are you concerned about? 312-644-6767. Phone lines are open. Want to take your call. He's going to be playing some audio as well. Got some uh, concerns from Hub Arkish. That's going to be an interesting one. I will play in a second. Uh, But let's talk to Ray out in Orland Park. So, Ray, when you're looking at this Bears team, uh, what are you concerned about uh, this upcoming season? Gabe is going to talk to you in the morning. Uh, good morning, and we're usually one of your evening callers. What am I concerned about, Gabe? 
I was just telling your producer, this offense can't suck. It has to click. These parts have to fit together. And I feel like you have to beat the Packers on Sunday to show that your drafted quarterback is better than their drafted quarterback. Because if they beat you and your offense sucks, like 24 to 7 is the score, you're going to have a thousand questions. Everybody's going to be like, oh, trade everybody. This is not working. And it's going to be a disaster. You've got to win on Sunday. Offense has got to work. Beat Jordan Love. Thank you, Gabe. No problem, Ray. I mean, you're, 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 it's, a, it's a genuine concern. You're concerned as to whether or not the Bears can knock out the, the Green Bay Packers. And that's, that's understandable. I'm concerned, too. I'm not sitting up here with 100% confidence and saying, hey, the Bears are going to be in a good predicament or the Bears, the Bears are going to be going to dominate the Green Bay Packers, going to dominate Jordan Love. No, I am concerned. I'm equally concerned. I'm concerned that Jordan Love will outplay Justin Fields. I'm concerned. I'm concerned that the Bears' offense isn't going to be as electric as we think it's going to be. Now, don't get me wrong. I expect it to be. But I'm still concerned and worried about these things. But that's where, that's why we're having a nice therapy session here. 312-644-6767. Let's go to the phone lines and talk to some people and, and what they're concerned about. Because maybe I can talk you off of the ledge. Again, 312-644-6767. Uh, some text messages are coming in. Some uh, from the 309 says his concern is the trenches. Protect the quarterback and get to the QB. I think we're all concerned about that. I think we're concerned as to whether or not, you know, the Bears can win either side of the ball. Is the offensive line going to be good enough to give Justin Fields an opportunity to get rid of the ball quickly? That's what everyone wants. We know. It's like a broken record, guys. We know what we want. We want Justin Fields to get rid of the ball. We want him to put points on the board, and we want defense to not be a revolving door. And you know what that equates to? Being in the game. And I think that's what most, fan, most Bears fans want this season. 312-644-6767. What are your concerns heading into week one? Let's go to Mark uh, in South Bend. Mark, so what are you concerned about when it comes to these Bears? Hey, Gabe. How are you doing? Great. Doing Chime in with you. I'm worried about Justin Fields. Once the Bears are inside the 20, we kicked twice as many field goals as touchdowns last year. His... Uh, his his quick uh, slants and tight windows inside the 20 worry me. And it seems like his soft touch for the lobs. I know uh, Moody was out last year and Claypool was out. He's got more Moody back, Claypool, and Komet. Hopefully it'll be just a straight drop and, and, and lobs to the corner and to the flagpost like uh, they used to do with Marshall and Elshon Jeffrey and that uh, yeah. back in that bad era. And you even saw with like Jimmy Graham a couple of years ago when Nick Foles was doing it, right? Getting somebody up there. So, Mark, to your point, thanks for the call, by the way. I'm concerned about Cole Komet. And I know he's a local guy that could find me for talking about him right now, but it's my job to give my opinion. And I'm concerned about Cole Komet. I'm concerned about the gap between reality and expectation. Because there is a gap. And it seems to be one for a lot of things here in Chicago sports. Even Justin Fields. The gap between reality and expectation. That exists. We hope it's a small one. We want it to be a small little baby gap. From what we want to see from Justin Fields and to what he actually does. But I got to be honest. I am concerned that the gap could be bigger than I want it to be. 
that I want it to be 3,500 yards, but it might be 27. And that's a bigger gap than I would like. 312-644-6767. Let's go out to Steve in Wonder Lake. Steve, what are you concerned about as week one is right around the corner for our Chicago Bears? Well, I think that our offensive line, the injuries scare me. And it, But if 58 is a hit and our offensive line is successful this year, I really think we're almost a, probably a playoff team. But if we have the same struggles that we had last year, it's going to be a 7-10 and 10 season, or hopefully not 6-11. and 11, But that's really my main concern with the injuries and well, now I'm not. I'm not too concerned with 58, but that's the main reason why I called game. Yeah, I get. It's, listen, let's be very clear, Steve. The offensive line is scary, right? Like you have Braxton Jones. Let's not forget he's a fifth round draft pick that is anchoring the left side of your offensive line. Like it's not concerning, but it's if you question it, right? You're like, is that the right move? You have Tevin Jenkins on that side. He gets hurt. So you're, you're concerned a little bit. Your center position, who is it going to be? Lucas Patrick, Dan Feeney, Cody Whitehair. There, there's uncertainty there, and that's concerning. When you go to the right side, you have Darnell Wright. That makes you feel good. Nate Davis, is he playing? Is he not playing? I don't know. Right. Yeah, exactly. What's going on? <laughs> That's what I mean. That's what I'm trying to say. So, I mean, I totally, I totally understand, and there is cause for concern there. And I've said it leading up to the season. I'm like, yo, if, and I said it before the injuries piled up. I said, if, if the Bears are one injury to the offensive line from being last year's offensive line, where they're playing musical chairs, and that's the last thing you want, right? Because when you watch good teams throughout the season, what do they say? Oh, this. This offensive line has started 12 straight games together. It's just different. Like when you know who's next to you, what their tendencies are, how, you know, you get that vibe from the person that's next to you. Anyway, so the offensive line, yes, is concerning. Now, I do want to say, I do want to say that this is not the final product of the Chicago Bears. So I, I, I get to take a break in, in my yelling and say, Gabe, here's a reminder. This is not the final product. So all we are doing with our concerns is just pointing out the flaws in the roster. And that's okay. We're not crapping on the team. We're just highlighting and pointing them out. Ryan Poles did the same thing. He said, hey, this, this roster is like 80 to 85% constructed. Not, we're not all the way there yet. So even he can point to some areas of concern for the Chicago Bears. And that's okay. And I'm just trying to do it again to, to, to identify the gap between expectation and reality. I expect the Bears to win on Sunday versus the Packers and Jordan Love. I hope that reality is right on par with that because then I'll just be starting my year. Oh, my God. I didn't even want to think about that. Read a couple text messages before we get back out to the phone lines. Again, Gabe Ramirez here. 670 the score, filling in for Bernstein, Holmes, and Rahimi. So first we got uh, from the 708, you can lose on Sunday, but you can't get beat by the Packers. And love on Sunday. If the Bears score, get after love, etc. But special teams or a weird bounce causes a loss. Cool. But I love, uh, I love for um, Justin Fields to outplay love. The defense still looks bad. Someone gets injured. Man, Monday's gonna be rough. Shut up, Frank. You are literally Frank describing our biggest nightmare. Like losing to the Packers is one thing, but getting beat by them, like an interception for a touchdown, would suck. If that were the reason why you lost. A Valus Jones Jr. muff punt, though, 
like it would suck, but not as much. <laughs> so I get what he's saying. <laughs> uh, from the 630, oh, this is uh, nice to me. Nice to turn on the score of lunch and actually hear sports talk. Very refreshing, Gabe. Awesome. Uh, I'll get my, um, oh, that's funny. Uh, shout out. That was very nice. Thank you very much. Uh, from the 815, he says, I doubt that every position is an issue, but like I said, they're halfway through the rebuild. Halfway there. I understand that. From the Another one from the 815, concerned about Braxton Jones and if he can be the man at left tackle. Yeah. Win or lose on Sunday, let's all just chill and realize that Ryan Poles is just about halfway done. I like that. And that's, that's I understand that. 847, concerned about Nate Davis. I think we all are. Another one says, is Claypool going to produce it all? We need him and Mooney behind more to be slightly successful. And I agree on that. We need that. All right, let's go back out to the phone lines. Let's go to Sam out in Chicago. So, Sam, uh, when you're looking at this bear season, it's about to start. We're all optimistic. Uh, do you have any concerns? My biggest concern with Bears football in general is this isn't Bears football. Bears football is a tough, gritty defense, a tough team, and a hard-running game. And right now, all I hear and all I've seen for two years is Justin Fields this and Fields that. Let me tell you something. He is not, he is not a top-tier quarterback. He can run, and he's got a good arm. But to me, he's already proven when the game's on the line at the end, he doesn't come through. He does he he, he does a few things that that are are just you know quarterback one hundred and one. And I I say this as a guy who scholarship to Alabama during the Bear Bryant era, so I know a little bit what I'm talking about. Justin Fields still doesn't understand that when the rush comes in, you step up in the pocket. You don't try to run around the side and create and and create you know yardage for yourself. Um, the just the whole bear uh, their their outlook right now. They they let go the best defensive player in the NFL last year. They haven't replaced them. They. This is a defensive coach, and 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 the defense is, is, is struggling in this space. These are great points that you're making, Sam. The first one, let's live there for a second. This is not Bears football, as we know Bears football to be. Hard defense, turnovers, running the ball down your throat, keeping drives going by by converting your third and shorts. Justin Fields not being a top-tier quarterback. Can't produce with the game on the line. These are great points. But what do we say to these things? This isn't Bears football. Well, the NFL has changed. So you can't necessarily operate the same because you'll be left behind. You'll be constantly chasing the the Chargers and the Chiefs, teams that have high-octane offenses. So you want to you want to find a happy medium though, right? You want Khalil Herbert to still average five, six yards a carry. But you want Justin Fields to be able to to put more points on the board, because then you, you know you wouldn't care what kind of football you're playing as long as you were winning. Justin Fields not being a top tier quarterback, you can make an argument for that, but it won't be a good one. Because I think we all know Justin Fields isn't there yet. We think he can be. And I think that's what most Bears fans are looking forward to, seeing a season where Justin Fields works his way into that conversation, but he's not there yet, and I think that's okay. 
And whether or not he comes through with the games on the line, I think we all would love for Justin Fields to change that narrative this season. Is the fourth quarter going to look different when you have a go-to wide receiver that should catch the ball? Will your tight ends be able to bail you out? Like I said, I'm concerned about Cole Komet, but will they be able to bail you out in those situations? Specifically in the fourth quarter with the game on the line. Because what I used to say last season was this. If Justin, when Justin Fields was putting up like 30-some points in that like four-game stretch, like Dallas Cowboys and that little window, I said, damn, if Justin Fields gets the ball 10 times outside of the fourth quarter and he scores seven, let's just say for my little silly arguments case, he gets the ball 10 times, he scores seven, and now all of a sudden we're like mad that he didn't do it in the fourth quarter. Like, damn, he can't score every time he has the ball, Right? And so when you're talking about sheer percentages, you're like, okay, well, if you're going to score 7 out of 10, can we just take one of those and put them in the fourth quarter? <laughs> one of those and put them in the fourth quarter. But the defense, it, like you're mad that Justin Fields didn't score in the fourth quarter to win a game, but you're not equally or more mad at the defense for putting the Bears in that predicament. Justin put up 30. The Bears should be winning. Now you're mad that he didn't put up 37. That's all I'm saying. I'm not, I'm not disagreeing with Justin's inability to put up points in the fourth quarter in the final two minutes of a half or a game. I'm not, I'm not disagreeing with that. I'm just saying let's look at it as a whole and not just on a micro level where you're only looking at the two-minute uh, two drill. Let's take one more call before we get out of here. Let's go to Robert out in Kenosha. Robert, what's going on, man? Welcome to the show. Gabe, I got a question for you. What are your expectations for the Bears this year? I love this question, Robert, because it makes me feel like you care about me and what I have to say. My expectations are simple, ladies and gentlemen, and it is for the Bears to be better. Now, if you want to quantify that and what that looks like in terms of wins or yards or where you finish in the NFC North, then that could be a secondary conversation. But when you're asking me personally, what are my expectations for the Chicago Bears last year? It was to not be embarrassed or to stop getting embarrassed. It had nothing to do with win totals, had nothing to do with the success of Justin Fields. It was two years ago. It was hard to go on Fox and do the postgame show and try to have a positive spin and angle on the Bears when they were getting embarrassed. Like, they looked like they shouldn't even have been an NFL team. So last year, my expectations were for them to not be embarrassed. No win totals, no Justin Fields. Just please stop getting embarrassed. You could lose every game. Just be in the games. And I think the Bears did that. The Bears didn't have a handful of games where they were embarrassed. It might have been one or two, but not a handful. And for the most part, you felt good about moments in games and you knew they were being competitive. Cool, they just weren't as good as everybody else. This year, now my expectation is, whereas last year was don't get embarrassed, this year it's be better, Right? Can you put together a couple more victories? Can Justin Fields get a little bit better? I don't need you to throw for 4,000 yards. I mean, I would love it, but I don't, that's not my metric for you. It's be better. You threw for 2,200 yards last year. There are 17 games in a season. That is pathetic. So you need to be a little bit better than that. The defense needs to be better. The O-line, better. The wide receivers, better. Again, I'm not talking about playoff. I'm not expecting playoffs. I want to be very clear. At the end of the season in week 13, I just want the Bears 
on the far right of my TV screen where it says in the hunt. And I'm not going to place playoff expectations on them even when I see them there. But that to me is going to be a victory. Because then what it proves to me as a fan is that Ryan Poles and Matt Eberflus are headed in the right direction. They took a team, evaluated the talent, got rid of players, you know, found the ones that they liked, built around it, got better every year. And now in year four, which will be next year, now I'm feeling really good. Now I can place actual expectations on this team to make the playoffs because they've gotten better consistently. And next year, yes, I expect you to be in the playoffs with another a year older Kirk Cousins, with Jared Goff probably gone and Hendon Hooker at, at under center for the Lions, uh, with Jordan Love continuing to be who he is, and Justin Fields and the Bears getting better. That's what my expectations are. Hopefully you guys are feeling the exact same. But how many wins do you think the Bears are going to get? Would love for you to text those in. Uh, while we take this break and talk about some more bears on the other side. 312-644-6767. The phone lines are still open. Feel free to call in with your concerns for the Chicago Bears this season. And if you want to text them in, you can do the same. All right, it's Gabe Ramirez live and local on a Monday, Labor Day here in Chicago on 670 The Score. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. and not easing into the season, starting off fast there. Knowing that Rodgers is now out of the division, do you view this as an opportunity for this team to regain an edge in that rivalry? Yeah, I would say whoever you know was playing quarterback there, that was going to be the mindset. Um, when it comes to the division, you want to win all those games. And, and I think I talked about it all the way from the beginning, like you want to take the division over and really put your flag in it. Um, because that's where it starts, and I feel like that's where you can really, again, move the needle to being a championship-caliber team. We're back, live with more Gabe Ramirez on 670 The Score. Going to be talking to Sparky Pfeiffer at the top of the hour. He's going to be talking to us about the Green Bay Packers and what they're thinking up north. I'm sure they, listen, they're as positive as we are because no one has taken a loss yet. And we can say whatever we want about Jordan Love, but it's going to be interesting to hear uh, what the Packers have to say about him. And Sparky will be joining us at the top of the hour. It is Gabe Ramirez uh, right here on 670 The Score. want to remind you that the Cubs are back home at Wrigley Field. Going to be starting a big series against the Giants. Pre-game begins at 1245. I'll be leading you right up to that. Zach Zabman has the call there. First pitch, 1.20 p.m. right here on The Score on the Xfinity Cubs radio network. You really should just, I mean, let's be honest. If you're barbecuing today, just put the Cubs game in the background. There's nothing like hearing Pat and Ron 
on the call. That's going to be great. And speaking of Pat, his call to the hall will air today, 6 p.m., uh, right after Mark Grody. Uh, so make sure you're listening to that. Just a fantastic job overall. That was a labor of love. A lot of people, you know, Zach was doing interviews for that thing for weeks. Weeks. Tanny editing for weeks. And they did a great job. So I want you guys to hear that again. That happens at 6 p.m. on 670, the score. All right, so we were talking a second ago about concerns and victories. So I'm going to rattle off some of the text messages that that have come in in regards to victories. And then I want to play a couple of cuts for you uh, from Hub Arkish. Uh, He talked with Steve Rosenblum uh, on Saturday morning about the Bears and specifically about Justin Fields. He has some really interesting things to say, and I want to play that for you in just a second. Um, but a couple of win totals coming in. 7 to 8 says the Bears will win 9. 7 7 3, Bears are going to win 7 to 10. 8 1 5 says 10 games. 7 7 9 says 8 wins. I mean, it's hard. That's a, that's a, listen, you, the Bears won three games last year. And so, 8 seen as a success 10 is a dream number the bears will be seven and ten what am i trying to say if you look at this schedule the bears can start have a rough start let's do i love what espo said earlier mike esposito was on steve rosenblum doing the morning show today and he called it his nightmare scenario what's my nightmare scenario for the bears packers and he talked about you know jordan love just being better than justin fields but when you're looking at the start of the season, like if you just go over, because look, I'll, I'll give you an optimistic fan approach and then I'll take the pessimistic uh, approach as well. Let's go op- optimistic. Bears beat the Packers, start off 1-0. Should beat the Buccaneers, 2-0. You should. You should, right? You go to Kansas City, you're going to lose that one. You're 2-1. The Broncos seem like a cluster F. And so, again, this is the optimistic approach. So you're at home against the Broncos. You should win that one on a nice October 1st day. Then you go up against the Commanders on Thursday Night Football. Tough road there, but you should win that one. So just for the first five games, because then after that it gets murky, but after the first five games, from an optimistic standpoint, Bears could be 4-1. and one. Now let's look at it from a realistic slash pessimistic viewpoint. Bears pooped the bed game one against the Packers. Very, 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 very possible. Say you lose that one. You go face the Buccaneers, and Baker Mayfield throws 300 yards. Just like he did, let's not forget, last year when he was playing for the Rams, he ate them up, okay? So, Baker Mayfield has, has a game, and, and you're down 0-2. Then you got to go face the Chiefs, and you're down 0-3. Broncos come in, Sean Payton figures them out, gets them playing well. Russ, playing better, you're 0-4. And then you go up against the commanders that you take lightly, thinking that's going to be your first win of the season, and you're 0-5 because they just, the, the deep, you know, Eric Bieniemy hasn't played Amazing football. That's real. That's that's a very likely scenario. That's likely. It's like a not like, not extremely likely, but likely nonetheless. So you could be four and one, or you could be zero and five, or one and four. The exact opposite there. And why? Why would that be the case? Because of your quarterback play. And Hub Arcus, as I mentioned, was on with Steve Rosenblum earlier, and he talks about what he has seen from Justin Fields in a year-over-year basis? Well, as far as where he is, I think he proved last year if he's not the best running quarterback in the NFL, he's one of the top two or three. 
And I think last year he was the best, you know, in terms of what he did for his team. And that's a good thing. You know, that's a talent you want to have. They were the 32nd-rate passing team in the NFL. And and all year long, I listened to people complain about the receivers and poor Justin and this and that. The reason they were the 32nd-ranked passing team in the NFL was Justin Fields. It wasn't the receivers. And, and you know, he, he's, a, he's a great young man. He's got good leadership, and, and he's a great runner. The problem is that as long as I've been covering this game, the most important thing a quarterback has to do is throw the football. And the the two issues where he must improve if he's going to be your quality starter, forget franchise quarterback, people talking about that, just have a quality starter. And the two areas where he has to improve is he has to learn better how to read the field, how to know what he's looking at, because he just doesn't make decisions fast enough. And that's obviously because he's just not sure about you know what's going to happen depending on what he does. That's the most important thing. And what's concerning about that is that that's a God-given gift. When you talk about the Aaron Rodgers of the world, when you talk about the Tom Brady's, um, they were born with that. You know, they've been doing that since they were in their second or third or fourth year, and they did it for 15 years. You know, Fields just he, he didn't make decisions fast enough last year. That's the problem. And then number two is when he does make decisions, it's his accuracy. It, it, it's not great. His arm strength is, but his accuracy isn't. And as we've watched training camp this year, um, I haven't seen a lot, a whole lot of change in that. Now, again, this is in these these you know practices where they're just doing drills, but that's still those are two, still two things you can watch. And and I haven't seen any improvement yet. Tough stuff there from Hub Barkish because he's just hitting you with truth pills. What he has seen from Justin Fields, and it's not a it's not a glorified fandom approach. Justin Fields the best runner. Once he figure, once he throws the ball, it's gonna be crazy. No, it's very much what I have seen in front of me, and what concerns me still. And that's been the theme that we've had here so far. But what do the Packers think of Justin Fields? Are they concerned? Do they think he's going to have a 4,000-yard season and walk, run away with the NFC North? Well, we get to talk to one of their own. Sparky Pfeiffer is going to be joining the show next. He uh, writes about the Green Bay Packers. What does he think about Justin Fields? Well, does he think Justin Fields will lead the Bears to a top-two finish? Three, maybe? And what does he think of Jordan Love as well? Will Jordan Love outplay Justin Fields? Sparky Pfeiffer will answer those questions right after this. It's Gabe Ramirez right here on Chicago Sports Radio 670 The Score. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. 
Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app.